Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than John Travolta and Uma Thurman doing that dance with their hands. Yeah, you remember that. My name's Ash Rose, your host and your guide on this, the original 1990s football podcast. Back for another slice of action um, on a hastily put together show, but we'll get to that in a minute. And joining me, as always, is my uh, my favourite landlord, the only landlord that matters, actually. He is of the Football Tavern, Mr Ed Chambers. How you doing, Ed? I am very well, Ashley. Thank you very much. Um, I always say this, but it's good to be recording again. Um, I think we need to stop telling people that it's a hastily arranged show because it I just makes sense. this is the first hastily like... arranged one, isn't it? Is it? Well, yeah. you know, well, you know, That's I think right. we're, yeah, we're doing all right so far, aren't we? I think I enjoyed last week's show, actually. I don't know um, if I had anyone else, but I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, when I listened to it back, I was like, wow, I'm more of an EastEnders geek than I actually yeah. realised. Yeah, I, I really am. And modern day EastEnders is no toilet, idea. But um, I watched it, funny enough, I'm sort of digressing here, but my wife and I watched it on Christmas. Christmas. Oh, yeah. uh, because, and we haven't watched it in a very long time, but you can always follow what's going on, can't you? Oh my God, it was bloody awful. Was, and I mean... Weird. So we caught like we stopped watching something and it was on at that yeah. time, yeah, at the end of an episode. And this was at Christmas, so when you do your binge, and we had COVID, so we were like in the evening. oh, right, okay, yeah, um, at Christmas. And it was Phil in a scene with Alfie Moon and Cat, yeah. and it and it transpired that Cat and and Phil Mitchell are together, yeah, I know, yeah, 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 I know, I know, we've my all, mind. <laughs> I know we've gone all EastEnders again, but like, yeah, like 20 odd years they've been living on the same square <laughs> and like never looked at each other, and then suddenly they're getting married or something, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Just, it's like, did they run out of like couple combinations that in the yes, end, exactly, and done, yeah, and then Danny Dyer's character ended up in the sea. Oh, we saw that, and, uh, I don't know yeah, because so much of EastEnders at Christmas, but yeah, yeah, because East, EastEnders is like you know, Wolford is really close to the sea, it probably take them a good hour and a half to get down to yeah. Dover. Ridiculous, anyway, we're, we're digressing, we digress, we do, yeah. So, um, 90s things this week, I well, we've got a 90 tinge to the uh, I'm not going to call it the Carabao Cup because I'm going to mm. call it the Cup final, yeah. Um, We've got a nice tinge of that, obviously, because it's Man United Newcastle, which gives us a little bit of heart mm. to the 1999 FA Cup final. What you know, one-sided as that was. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, good, decent final. I think that would be so. That that was yeah. Edge to yeah. that. I think. Um, yeah, I, I, on balance, I mean, there's not much between the two sides at the moment yeah. because of Newcastle's, you know, you know, good form and Manchester United's well, good form also. I've got a sneaky suspicion that Manchester United are going to win it. Yeah, I mean, unless they get a spate of injuries between now and the end of February, because I think United's squad is, when I say United, you know I mean Manchester, but yeah. their their squad is a little bit paper thin. If they get three or four injuries, they could be in trouble. But Newcastle are not going to make it easy for them. They don't concede many goals. So, um, you know, but I just think the whole Rashford thing, um, I think he's on good form at the moment. I think yeah. it may just may just carry Manchester United over the line. Yeah, um, and we had deadline day, so we had our fax machines and our telly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. AK nineties towers. Well, oh. uh, a bit. It's a bit stark contrast to the, the, the fees these days to the nineteen ninety. Yeah. Oh, Alan Shearer's gone for three point two five million. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I. Um. It's funny you mention this actually because um. I also give a give a uh, mention to uh, another thing, but you know it doesn't matter. But I listen to um the Monday Night Club on Radio Five. 
oh, yeah. um, which is you know can you can pick up on podcast or whatever. And they they had a like a you know like they dig out these people from a university that are looking at football economics and stuff. I think well, first of all who does that as the day to day basis. Um, but they actually because Chris Sutton was on the show they actually took the value of Chris Sutton's transfer from. Norwich to Blackburn which was 5 million in 94 and they put in all the inflation and everything it transpires that if that transfer was today Chris Sutton would be worth 101 million wow that's insane yeah so he I mean he uh, he's on the show he was double chuffed with that yeah he's he's mentioned it every week since he's almost uh, Enzo Fernandez almost (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So Chris Sutton would have been a hundred and one million pound player at that specific specific that time. Point, yeah. yeah. That's um. That's an interesting. That's a good one. Uh, uh, yeah. Normally with those sort of economics and new range stats, um, I'm always yeah I get a bit granddad about those. But that's, that's yeah. Right. Um, don't get me started on yeah. expected goals. Yeah, um, I noticed. Uh, I noticed another little nineties thing this week. Nugget. Uh, nugget. S- Swindon Town have appointed a new manager. Uh, did you know this? I get, um, this was this was passed me by, yeah. Yeah, I didn't actually until I heard. I didn't actually know that Swindon Town needed a new manager, but that's you know, by the by. Uh, Jody Morris. How's he? Oh, is he managing there now? Yeah, Jody was Morris. Coaching yeah. wasn't he with Lampard at some? Yeah, point? he was. He was coaching with Lampard. He was. Um, yeah, co- yeah. He's been at Derby and Chelsea with Lampard, and then um, obviously been out of the game for a little while. And then um, yeah, he's t- he's turned up at Swindon as manager. So it's his first managerial job he was a a late 90s kind of name yeah. wasn't he young young sort of young, yeah. 90s yeah but, uh, yeah. yeah so there you I go he, um, he'd be trying to tell charlie austin to score goals which he doesn't need any uh any help with i know, <laughs> I know Jody was a midfielder but i'll just yeah, yeah. so so we're what seven or eight minutes in and we've got our first qpr mentions Ooh, that's pretty that's good quite, that's quite it's quite late anyway. you're um i have to say actually for the for the listeners at large that you are wearing a very 90s jumper today i have yeah. noticed this, this is is, for the <laughs> listeners yeah it's a blue umbro jumper uh with a big umbro badge in the middle it's very and there's down the sides yeah down the sides of the arm yeah very kind of it looks like you're just about to go out to training with you know you know steve Coppel sort of uh or jerry francis kind of uh bossing you about a bit but yeah it looks very 90s Thank you very much. It, it was in, it wasn't actually intentional. I just got it out of my cupboard and was like, oh, very comfy as well. It is very comfy. Um, it looks it. I'm going to segue because you've said the names now and I'm going to, because that was perfect. You set me up there. That was a full on, I'm going to go different sport, cricket or baseball, something with a bat. Yeah. And lined me up there because what we've done today on today's show, we have shamelessly ripped off another podcast that you may listen to or TV show, however you, I consume it on the TV, but I think it's available as a podcast as well. Uh, with, as you may have seen from the Twitter feed, we're looking at managers today. Um, we have done a managers podcast way back, like, where we talked about, and mainly talked about all the big names, you know, the Fergusons, uh, the Wengers, Doug Leashes, George Graham of the era. We're calling this kind of the underappreciated club of, of managers. And we've got 10. We've put them in order. You may have heard this theme before. But as I said, we, uh, we've, we've done this today. We thought this would be the best way to do it. Because I think what we usually do in the show, we kind of, I'll chat a person, Ed will chat a person, we may have a guest chat a person. So it just slightly changes the, the way we do it. Um, and it's not we can't really put these in 11 either, which we love doing. Um, I've just thought, can we? No, we can't. There's no goalkeeper. Um, so <laughs> goalkeepers don't become managers very often. I don't know if you find that, do you? Um, especially in the 90s. Can you think of any 90s goalkeeper managers? I can't. 
Not the top of my head. Okay, I'll leave that. I'll leave that one with you. But yes, yeah, yeah. so we've got ten names from the. I'm not going to read them from my piece of paper because that will give away the order I put them in. Let's read them from our earlier conversation, Mr. Chambers. Um, what we said on our WhatsApp feed, if I can find it, that is right. So the names we've got. So these are managers from the decade that we've put in a top ten. Um, before I do that, there were a few names mentioned on the Twitter feed that didn't make the cut. Um, names like Dave Bassett. Danny Wilson, Joe Kinnear, Alan Ball, not sure. He got Man City relegated without knowing what result he needed to get, but I suppose he did quite well at Southampton, didn't he? Um, Craig Brown got a shout. Um, we haven't included Harry Redknapp, mainly because yeah, I think he went on to do bit bigger things in the next decade anyway. Sorry, West Ham fans. Um, so the names we have got, Ron Atkinson, Joe Royal, Derry Francis, Brian Little, Alan Kerbishley, Howard Wilkinson, Martin O'Neill, Steve Koppel, Frank Clark, and Jim Smith. I think that's that's the final ones we um we we landed on, wasn't it, Ed? I think. Yes, it certainly was, yes. Right. How do we do this? How does Gary Lineker do it? Oh, spoiler, that's the other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I suppose we start ten at the bottom. Six, isn't it? That's yeah, so it's it. ten... in in the words of Mr. Lineker. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, well, I'll go first, actually. I'll let me go first. He never does that. That's me. I must make it different. That's let the host. Yeah. So I will, this is my 10 to 6, and then I'll uh, we'll get Ed's, and then we'll explain why I would put them. This is really interesting, I think, as well, because me and you tend to always have quite similar opinions on the generic things. There are certain mm-hmm. areas where we go, in, obviously, down the QPR Avenue for me, where I would probably be different, but there'd be, yeah, this will, this will be interesting. So I've gone number 10, Alan Kirbishley. Uh Number 9, Steve Koppel. Eight, Jim Smith, seven, Martin O'Neill, and six, Brian Little. Right. Interestingly, um, I have two exactly the same as you Ooh, in that's, that. That's less than I thought. That's less in, than that, in that 10 to six um, bracket. So I have got for 10, um, Alan Kirbishley. Yeah. Uh, nine, Frank Clark. Ooh. A little bit low, possibly. Yeah. Uh, I have gone for eight, Jerry Francis. It's going to be an argument later. <laughs> yeah, I have gone for seven, Jim Smith. Yeah. And I have gone for six, which is exactly the same as you, Brian Little. Okay, cool. Uh, well, we can talk Alan Kirbishley straight away then, can't we? Yeah. Put him at 10. And I think that's, I can guess, probably end of decade thing, first of all, where mm-hmm. obviously Cholton didn't, reached the the promised land until 1998 was that it was 98 it was the playoff final wasn't it it was indeed um, yeah it was 99 for a second from my mind went crazy so uh, but well, i think i mean we're from that kind of area we grew yep. up kind of area so we are slightly biased to what happened to Cholton in that decade we know the story we we have friends who lived the story mm-hmm. um, in terms of Cholton and the, and the, what happened to the Valley and how well Kirbishley kind of ga- uh, galvanised that club along Absolutely. with Grit when they were joint managers who we spoke about last week mm-hmm. uh, and how that club rose to the uh, to, to the top in that epic playoff final. But I don't think he did quite enough overall decade to be any higher than yeah. 10. Um, yeah, he's absolutely. Well, Kirbishley, isn't he? Because he had that, sorry, I'll, I'll cut you off then. He had no, that, it's okay. Then West Ham and then we never saw him again. I know we're talking yeah, about Yeah, it was. Game, it's a really odd one. It... <sighs> It was very odd, actually. Um, yeah, up until 2000 and, oh, I think it was 2008-ish, I think he was manager of, of, of West Ham. 
And then for the next two years or so, he got linked with every, every. job in football. <laughs> and then suddenly he was never appointed again. It's almost like if you go out of, out of fashion, yeah. you almost, you're almost not coming back um, from that. Um, yeah, to give I mean, a bit of context on Cholton, I mean, Cholton, yes, we, you know, I mean, we, we grew up not too far away from that, from that area. I mean, you know, if you sort of draw a line, they're, they're our local our local side, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, and it sort of, we saw a lot of it more than obviously somebody who listening to this, you know, from another part of the country. Yeah. Um, and they might be wondering why. Um, give a bit of context again. Um, so the fam- when I grew up, the family across the road from me were actually massive Charlton supporters. And um, Charlton were playing at Selhurst Park at the time. And then, um, then furthermore, at Upton Park, they played there for a year before there was a real campaign to get back to the valley. That's all I ever heard about, back to the yeah. valley. Because I kept, yeah. I kept hearing about this wonderful stadium, the valley. And um, apparently the who, the who had played there in the 70s uh, as in a gig because Kerbishley's brother was actually manager of the who I've heard that before yeah, yeah. and yeah. that is that is genuine um, and so you know I kept hearing about this 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 place I was only about eight years old and we were near Cholton one day uh, I was out with this family and they said um they said oh he said oh you know the dad was really proud of the valley and he said oh I'll take you go and have a look and it was this old shell of a place it was in it was about 91 it, there was no there was like weeds growing on all yeah. the terraces it was a real I mean you can imagine the worst an absolute derelict stadium and um, it was you know when I look back now as an adult it's actually incredibly sad to see that something had been left to rack and ruin like that and they worked so hard to get back um, and when they did it was a big thing and um, they got back in 92 and beat uh, Portsmouth 1-0 on their first um, return but yeah Kobishley was joint manager with Steve Grit you know and I'd never really heard of a joint manager before I, I didn't you know I didn't even know how that would work um, apparently it did those two got on very well um, as a as a duo but then Kobishley went it alone and you know, I think keeping Cheltenham in the in what is now the championship was normally the, the height of their ambition. Um, they got they then started to get a good youth program together. Um, Lee Bowyer was at Cheltenham, yeah, and they sold him for about um, three million, I think. Which back in you know, as we were saying earlier on, back in the day was quite a lot of money. Um, he's you about know ninety probably, million, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, probably about ninety million now. So they um they sort of reinvested that in a bit of youth and also um the first team, and then obviously it led to their to their promotion. Um, you know, and uh, you know, I obviously I'd, I never say who I support, but um, Cholton isn't my team, but I was at that final, the playoff yeah. final. Um, it was best game I've ever been to. I've I've never I've never witnessed that much raw emotion. Um, from from fans of both sides actually, because the playoff, as you know, you've been to you've been to one yourself. That the playoff final is is like nothing normal yeah, in football. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's so. it's your it's your yeah, of course, yeah, and it's your whole it's your whole season um, mm. boiled down to one moment. And Charlton's came down to penalties, so it could have gone either either way. I mean, they they made a fist of the Premier League, um, and they they sort of went. You know, they went down but came back up again. So, yeah, I've gone on quite a bit there about Charlton. But, yeah, for me, Kerbs is at 10 because, yes, he did he did well. The club have gone from rack, rack and ruin to back to their stadium. But it was right at the end of the decade. So it's almost like his 
more successes were in the next decade. Um, Frank Clark at nine because did a great job following Cluffy. Um, you know, and, and you know, he inherited a good team, even though they'd lost like Nigel Clough and Roy Keane. Got Stan Collymore, got promotion, got third into Europe. That was very impressive. Got sacked and then went to Man City and got sacked again and was never seen again. So that's kind of the reason why I put him so low. Yeah, You've okay. obviously got him a bit yeah. higher. We'll come back to Frank Clark because I've yeah. got a reason to put him higher, but we'll come back to him. We've both got Jim Smith and they kind of the uh-huh. mid sort of seven or eight. And yeah. I feel slightly guilty because the QPR is coming out on me as well. <laughs> manager at QPR in the late 80s. Um, not, re- not really my era. Yeah. And, so, and not our era we're talking about. So I don't have to feel um, too guilty. But I mean, he was one of those stalwarts, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, of the 1990s. Firstly at Portsmouth, I think. But I think where he's, I suppose his credentials in uh, the 90s come is the, is the run he had with Derby County. Who yes. In the, who became quite a... I don't know, like an attractive kind of staple of the Premier League in that kind of... You think the players that had like Aranio and who was the other guy? that had uh, like... Bayano. Bayano. Uh, uh, who came Paolo in. Wonchop, yeah. Asinovic was another yeah. win, yeah. yeah and, they, had a, yeah, and, they had a real yeah. flair team. And, it's, you know, it's kind of sad to see where Derby are now, but... Yeah, I think, I think to, to Smith's credit, actually, he took over the Derby job in 95-96 and they had spent an absolute fortune up at that point um, to try and get into the Premier League. And they had like, like said, Tommy Johnson and, and Gabby Adini and, you know, all these type of players. They'd spent, they'd, spent, they'd spent fortunes and he had one season there and got them up. Um, they finished second. Um, and then that's where, and then for his first three years in the Premier League, I think they finished in the top half every year which for a newly promoted side is fantastic move stadium so derby was really in a really going places um at that time um so yeah i put jim smith also for the cup run with portsmouth they came yeah. within penalty kicks of i love that semi-final that's my one yeah. of my league cup yeah game. same same the one at like the one at high the one at highbury yeah. um yeah the one at highbury, yeah. Grounds, yeah. And being like this young like super- yeah be, I mean, yeah. Liverpool was so, so close to losing that first game. And also, um, you know, just a throwback to what we've done before um, when we had Guy Whittingham on um, and he scored those 40, was it 43 oh, yeah. goals yeah. in one season? So that was under Jim Smith, but they should have got promotion, but they they kind of just missed out a goal difference. So yeah, Jim Smith. But that being said, he is still um, seventh on my list because this is quite a, a unique yeah. list, but it's quite a good... I think there's a yeah. few you could kind of argue because they did similar things. Yes. Know, with similar teams. Like the other one I've got there is obviously Brian Little as well. Yeah. Villa are obviously have been a bigger club than Derby in our lifetimes without Yeah, of course. Without doubt. Um, and Brian Little's another funny one, isn't he? Like he's a bit scalacci, isn't he? He's in that chasm of that decade. And then yeah. pretty yeah. much. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what Brian Little's doing now. I haven't. You don't really see him doing any sort of punditry. Really no. Um, yeah, Brian Little was. Um, I used to really like Brian Little. I don't I know why. Like, I don't yeah. know why. He was. Why he was so at, Yeah, he got Leicester promoted, he did, and then yeah. and he then was the precursor to Martin O'Neill, wasn't he? Yeah, he, and then they they. Um, you know, they. I think they kind of called him a Judas at the time because he'd take them up, and then after a couple of months, he hopped over to Villa, but yeah. Villa was a club he played for. I mean, you know, there's the, the club that he was most known for in his career. I don't know what it is about Brian Little. He used to have a great voice. 
No, that sounds true. ridiculous. Yeah, no, I right? can't you, see, you know, you know, we get interviewed. It was like, yeah. oh, it's you know, it's quite, quite suiting, yeah. niche voice. Yeah. Yes, perhaps he's well. Perhaps that's what he's doing now. Perhaps he's um, making sort of podcasts to send people to sleep as a soothing voice. Um, it's funny actually what you say about what he's doing now because this is me being naive when I come onto um, Twitter for the first time with a football's heaven, and um, I was like, oh, I wonder what Brian Little's doing now. And of course, there's always one, isn't there? Someone went, "Oh, here he is," and went at Brian Little, and I thought, oh, Jesus. "Yeah, yeah, he is on Twitter." I have he to. is on Twitter. Yeah, he, he's um, I think he's like an ambassador role at Villa. Villa yeah. Um, I think he does the, you know, that whole um, you know, the the box thing match on the experience. on the day, yeah, yeah, match day experience, yeah. So, but yeah, they won the League Cup. Yeah. Um, Villa in '96. Um, he built a decent side. Um, after Big Rom, uh, had left Villa. Um. Yeah, so Brian Little is, you know, it's definitely worth a mention as an underrated yeah. manager. I mean, he's got he's got a trophy on his CV. You yeah, can't really that stands him out from some of the, the names. Yeah, um, absolutely. A couple that you've got, I've got in the top five. So should we do our top fives and then we can go back and see why we've got them in in absolutely, absolutely areas. So um, what who? So you do your because I did mine first. What's your? We'll leave. Do we leave the top two, or we will we'll know, won't we? I suppose. By the top well, we'll, we'll see. We'll. we'll um... Yeah, I'll, I'll do my next three and then we'll... Okay, uh, go on then. Who's yeah. your next three? So at number five, I've gone for... And this was quite difficult for me, actually, because um, I've gone for Martin O'Neill. Right, okay. Um, I thought I'd have Martin O'Neill higher, but then I stopped in my tracks and thought <laughs> he was very successful at Celtic, but that was in the two, early 2000s. So I have to do this based on 90s. Had a very good Wickham side, yeah. um, which he took from non-league up the leagues. Uh, had a job at Norwich we didn't go too well I think he fell out with the board there but at Leicester obviously that's where he that's where he uh, you know made his made his name really um, and they won the League Cup he got promotion um, in his first season they won the League Cup the next year you know and, and they were hard to play against weren't they do you remember it was like big lads you know like Jerry's Haggard and, and Matt Elliott and yeah. you remember they, they're like in comparison to some players today, these are like men. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like these are big guys. Well, Steve even, Walsh. You know, Do you remember Steve, Steve Walsh? Steve Walsh, yeah, Mister oh, Walsh, wasn't he? So yeah, Steve Walsh. But they had, um, but they had, they had decent players. Muzzy is it in midfield? Do you know what I mean? You know, Steve Claridge gets a lot of stick um, from people because he's a sort of Marmite sort of character, I think. But Claridge, Claridge was a good. Yeah, he was a good. Yeah, he was a good, uh, yeah, good centre forward. You know, and I used yeah. to like Clarice because he used to play with his like socks rolled down and all yeah, that. He just he wasn't he wasn't conforming to the Premier League. Him and Ian Marshall. Um friend of the show, Ian Marshall. Friend of the Marshall, yeah. So yeah, um yeah, so I've gone for Martin O'Neill at number yeah. five. I had him I mean, I had him slightly lower, I had him at seven. Yeah. I think yeah, I think his biggest successes were at were at Celtic. I mean, I think we, we had an ongoing argument back in our drinking days, didn't we? That I was I never it took me quite a while to come around to Martin O'Neill. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Scotland's always a funny place, isn't it? When you're successful there, it's a yeah. hard yardstick to go. Well, well, how successful will you be outside of the yeah. Celtic Rangers bubble? Graham Soonis was never no. as successful as he was when he was Rangers manager, and there's there's others others who have gone there, both playing and managing. So it's always a hard barometer. For years, I didn't know if Henrik Larsson was as good as. Celtic and the Scottish League gave him. I, you know, yeah. I ate a massive piece of humble pie when he started. Yeah. And 
did very, you know, in that spell of Man United, he, then he had some highlights, and you could always he, see he was a cut above. He was an uh, unreal footballer. Yeah, he was an unreal footballer, and I, I was happily eat that. And I think, I, I think I eventually did with Martin O'Neill, but I think because he went from an unfashionable, from one of the better word club like Leicester, and did very well, overachieved with them with, with the team that he had, and then just went mm-hmm. straight to Celtic, where you, you know you, you're going to be in a shout with winning things one way or the other with Celtic, no matter yeah. less than John Barnes. Um, so I, I was always like, can he do it? And then he came back and he did very well with Aston Villa. So I think it was proven that he was a very good manager. And it's a book I'd like to read, actually, because he's obviously had a great career yes. playing and managing. Yeah, I bought, um, I bought my dad Martin O'Neill's book for Christmas. That sounds on like, the, the best, like the most obvious dad present. I yeah, think. on the on the um on the pretense that he would read it and I would get it back. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's yeah. really tight, but um, <laughs> you know, as we stand here in early February, I've had no sign of it yet. So, uh, so there, there you go. He must have Steve Koppel quite high because I've mentioned Koppel already. Um, so he I've got Koppel. Funnily enough, I've got Koppel at four. Okay. Um. I think Cobble's a bit of a contrast, isn't he? Yeah. He's a bit, kind of split the decade. I mean, he spent most of it at Crystal Palace, but then he spent most of his life at Crystal Palace. So yeah, I was going to say, he's he's the only manager to have managed a club 77 times. It feels, yeah. I mean, it feels like... He's trying, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Darren <laughs> Ferguson, yeah. It feels, yeah, it feels like... Even if Palace, like if Vieira left Palace now, they might Steve Koppel might get linked with the job. The it's like it's <laughs> yeah. like it, it's like, a, or he might be in the betting stakes. It's just yeah. kind of the the dumb thing. It wouldn't matter yeah. how old he was. Um, I've picked Koppel. Um, I know this is very eighties actually, but he's kind of my caveat. Yeah, yeah. He 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 took he took the job very very young, um, yeah. and built a side in the eighties. Yes, which included you know Ian Wright and. Mark Bright and what have you. Now I'm sort of starting to doubt myself, but it's the fact that they I've picked him before because they lost that was ridiculous. They lost nine nil to Liverpool. Yeah. And then within six months they're beating them in that famous day at Villa Park, which is Best one of my day ever. Yeah. yeah, which is one of my favourite I mean, I was very young then and yeah. but I remember it and I remember watching it. And um you know, I, I don't think I realised how enormous it was, but for Palace who had, you know, that he he picked them up from being a decent side back, you know, be decent club back in the sort of seventies or whatever. They'd sort of reached lull, and that nineteen ninety was them sort of being, you know, decent. And then they finished third the next season. Let's not forget that. Yeah. yeah so that's a you know in today's money that's you know that's a Champions League player. It is. And obviously, of course, they won the ZDS Cup, which oh, any manager, any push any yeah. a, any manager would want that on their CV. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, they lost Ian Wright and got relegated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a couple, I mean, I know he had his issues at Man City where he's only there about half an hour. Um, but I've just got, I think it's probably, I think that's probably a personal choice rather than based on their managerial. I've just got a bit of a soft spot for Steve Koppel. I just think he came across as a really nice bloke and a good manager, personally. Yeah. Um, no, he was. I, I, I think um, I had him low because I think, yeah, he's, kind of he was know, always he was always linked kind of was the first thing as well it was like he started that kind of whole palace era kind of started in the late 80s yeah it, and we'll talk about this because we're going to do a palace of those in the next couple of weeks yeah they hold a special place because they're kind of my, my first football memory is involved yeah that, which i've said on this show before and then the cup final yeah. in 90 um and yeah. that, that team, they, and were, they, had, they, had a, they had a group of decent players you know so, yeah mm. 
John Salaka no. is someone I've got a lot of time for as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, John. Yeah, John Salaka. Yeah, he was um... before the miss. Um, was a very. <laughs> I was there. Um, yeah. He was a very rare player. But no, Steve Coppel. Um, I'm trying to think who we haven't mentioned. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I knew I know what's coming here. I, I, we we how the pattern works here. So yeah. I, so my so oh god, I don't know how to go now. We've got our top five are quite confusing, right? So that's that's finish yours, and then we'll go back and talk who we haven't spoke about. So you've got okay. five so, four, couple, and then so who your top three are? My top three. So three is a little bit surprising that this is low. Um, Howard Wilkinson. Okay. Uh, and on reflection, maybe I should have had him higher. Um, Howard Wilkinson is, you know, it's hard to explain, but he is one of he's he's got a sort of persona, hasn't he? As a, as a sort of that sort of dour sort of persona, which which apparently, you know, in all the all the sort of football literature I've read, is a little bit um, unfair. Um, he's sort of a go-to guy for a lot of young managers um, throughout. The decades in terms of you know as a sounding board um he's been very um high up in the league managers um association and what have you they won the second division at the start of the decade came up uh, and you would never have told never tell that they were newly promoted i mean their midfield was batty speed strachan and gary mcallister i mean arguably one of the best Midfield to the deck. midfield for me. Uh, yeah, I mean Gary McAllister. I mean for all of them actually. I mean Gordon Strachan was fantastic. Gary McAllister was a very good player. I mean Gary Speed was, you know, God rest his soul. Gary Speed was an amazing footballer. Rolls Royce footballer. He's like David Barnsley. Yeah, I, yeah, no, he's not like David Barnsley. Um, but yeah, Gary, Gary Speed. Yeah, um, very good footballer. And then of course they had the summer of '91 where they must have thought, right, we're going to go for this. So they bought. Rod Wallace, Tony DiRigo, um, bought a couple of other players. <laughs> Memory's gone, but they really, they really went for it. Uh, Lee Chapman up the top, didn't they? And they, you know, they, you know, some people would have called them a long ball team, but they were, they were direct. But they, they, the, with the players that they had in midfield, there was no way they could be classed yeah. as a full long ball team. They had a bit of everything. That's yeah, I, I mean. They went to um, they went to uh, Villa Park won four one they won six one at Sheffield Wednesday this was all on the big match um, that we yeah with Elton yeah and um, this was all on the big match you know and this was what we were watching at the time they played Man United a lot in that season where uh, Donald Trump had pulled them out of the League Cup draw yeah, used to get more than one replay <laughs> yeah they so they they played each other fourth it was a real battle and then of course Eric Cantona turned up right at the end of that season so. Hal Wilkinson is in there, but the, ah, now this is the reason I've got him. At the oh, that, that, before you go into your top, go on. Tip, I yeah, had no, Howard, I was going to say, I had Howard Wilkinson at number one. He's, oh, wow, yeah, and I think the league title for me is such he's a, like, especially then, is such a big deal. Um, yeah, the fact that he's the, the last English manager to yeah. win top flight, which is when you think about it, is an is a ridiculous stat. Like, that's not yeah. thirty one years now. Since yeah. an English manager has won the English, look, not that I'm saying that should that should happen. It just no, it's a bonkers, yes, it's bonkers fact that you know it, it doesn't happen in, in any other league. No, exactly, yeah, it is the end. You know, it, I can't really think if you know Graham Potter is the only one who's of that elite teams at the moment. Mm. Possibly, obviously not this season, but no, <laughs> definitely not this. Even season. he could have Chelsea and Chelsea reserves next year, and one of them could probably win the league. Yeah, um, it, it could happen. Um, so yes, yeah, so I had him for that. 
and although I know Leicester did it in more modern times when they came up and then won the league, but I mean, that will be an anomaly for the rest of our lives. I think the leagues were closer together, granted, in kind of the 90s, but even just to come up and, and do that and see off a May United side that would become the Man United side that we would see throughout the decade. They were on, literally on the cusp, weren't they, that season? They beat, you know, Leeds were just toppled Man United before they won it the next season in the first yeah. season of the Premier League. And I just, those kind of, just kind of made him for me stand out. It's a shame the rest of the decade, that I mean, the Leeds didn't really, you know, the following yeah, they... season it went to pot, didn't it? They had a terrible defence of their yes. uh, title and then it didn't really do much else in, in that decade, really. It didn't really... Yeah, he had a couple of stints at the England job under a caretaker. He called up Lee Dixon again, but yeah, and, and the dour appearance of Howard Wilkes, and I think that kind of dampens the view. But yes, um, so I kind that's of kind of the reason I have him at number three yeah. and not number one because he, the defence of the title, bearing in mind the players they had was pretty poor. I, if memory serves, in the first year of the Premier League, they didn't win a single away game. Yeah, I, I do you know what? Since I said it, the away record. The yeah, and head, I think. But... I think that's what counted against him um, in my list. Not that he'll, yeah. not that he'll care. Um, but I think, um, yeah, the defence of the title, and then they just seemed to drift really from there until the day he was sacked. Really, yeah. at the start of ninety six, ninety seven, and they just just didn't seem to hit the heights. I mean, I suppose ninety two, ninety three had that weird um game with Stuttgart where they had to play it in the new camp um, when there was a, a you know a ineligible player um but then they got battered by Rangers in the next round yeah that was um, a Rangers team. not on defending yeah, yeah I think they got battered at home by Rangers as well for yeah, yeah. so like 4-1 um so yeah it just I mean there's obviously I mean there's Leeds fans listening probably think that I'm being you know incredibly unfair um I think, I think- it's a, you know, it's a hard call. I think any from the from the outside, that's how it looks to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to do two names that you've mentioned that are in my top five that are not, and then we can do the final two that I've yeah. I've worked it out in my head now. Um, the first is we we briefly mentioned Frank Clark. I've got him quite high. I've got him right. three, and I think the reason I I rate, I mean, people long term listeners, this know I have a soft spot for Nottingham Forest. I've said that before, but it's not mm-hmm. just that. It's Same. that. When Nottingham Forest went down in 92-93, that is one of the hardest relegations, I think, to take for a club. Because not only did they go down, and when you talk about end of an era, it's like, that was the end of Brian Clough's era. Like, that's yes. for a lot of fans at that point, that's all yes. they've ever known. Like, yes. Brian Clough was Nottingham Forest. And even True. as a young fan at the time, you could see the demise on, of as him as a person and the club and what how devastating that could be. I think the fact that Frank Clark came in, that must, like, there we talk about following in your footsteps, and we had this in the modern era with Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger, and how hard it is to follow in such a legendary status. Granted, they hadn't won the league and they weren't at the height of their powers, but you were following arguably one of the greatest managers of all time. Mm-hmm. The fact that Frank Clark came in there, did a, a promotion campaign where very little went wrong and then got them up. Then not only just did he get them up the following season, he got them then into Europe. So he almost very briefly restored Nottingham Forest to somewhat of their former glories and did it with a, yeah. uh, such an entertaining team. You know, with Stan Collymore and Brian Roy and Lars Behenham, Steve Stone, Ian Wone, you know, the Burnley coaching staff, no, Everton, sorry, the Everton coaching staff <laughs> that they are now, which yeah. I find brilliant. Chris Bart Williams, please apply. Um, yeah. So I just, yeah, that kind of, 
fueled me. I think it must have been such a massive deal to follow. Yeah. And you must have such confidence in your ability as a manager to pick up that club after an era that they've had and relegation. And yeah. that's why I had Frank. Maybe there's a little bit of emotion in it more than, because you're right, he failed at Man City, which is thus proving that mm-hmm. maybe that was the best fit for him at Forest. But Yeah, I think I think you've made, to be honest, I think you've made a really good case actually as to why he should be in the top five and not where I've got him um, at the lower end. Um, I think Frank Clark's turning point at Nottingham Forest was the day that they sold Stan Collymore. Um, yeah. Stan Collymore was obviously pivotal to, to that team. He was far better than that team, really, in all honesty. He was their best player by a mile. Um, and Brian Roy never seemed to be the same when Colin Moore left. They never replaced, as we know famously, they replaced Colin Moore with Andreas Salenzi. The first and, Italian to play in the Premier League. Absolutely. And his record in, in Italy was pretty decent. So it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like a it wasn't like a bad choice, but it obviously yeah. it turned out to be a bad choice because it didn't work out. But yeah, I just got Clark. Yeah, I can see what you're saying, and I think it was a hard act to follow. I do. I am really impressed that they came straight back up. Yeah. Despite the players they had, it's still a, you know, it's still quite, a, you know, it's very difficult league to get out of, um, and then to finish third. So that those those are two in the plus column. It's the next yeah. eighteen months to two years which make me knock him down the list. Yeah. No, because totally because they when he left, they were hurtling towards relegation, and they got relegated. And so that's kind of yeah, and he failed at Manchester City. Yeah, so um, that's so I can see both so, sides of the argument. Um, absolutely. I've obviously got Jerry Francis higher than you. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was sitting there thinking we're gonna have to talk about Jerry Francis at some we point. Are, so what... I'm, I'm gonna try and take my biased hat off here. Right. Um, so everybody <laughs> listening, so that's my mum, your mum, <laughs> and everybody else knows that that isn't possible. But go on, yeah, go for it. Yeah. I mean. It's hard because obviously not only was he a manager of QPR at that time, he is a legendary, he's one of our greatest ever players as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, caveat that. But for QPR, to, oh, I feel so stupid even justifying this. Come on, come on. So, so far, so far we've talked about league titles, um, even yeah. a ZDS Cup. Got, even a Z- yeah, uh, no, you're yeah. right. There's no trophies. I, you, can, you can hit yeah. me with that instantly. You're right. Yeah. He did not win a trophy for either QPR or Tottenham in yeah. the decade. But he constantly pushed above his way at QPR. Like the budget we didn't ever had. He came we plucked him from Bristol Rovers, who so this is a manager who was more managing in the third tier at the time, straight to the Premier League. He put together a team of vastly underrated players. <laughs> vastly uh, stolen from Bristol Rovers. A few of them stolen from Bristol Rovers, yeah. Clive Wilson wasn't. David Barsley wasn't. No. He inherited Alan McDonald and Danny Maddox. Les Ferdinand he inherited. So uh, Ian Holloway, yeah, he did get. Uh, they were a team of some of their parts, and they had, like Nottingham Forest, as we spoke about, they had a, you know, a great, a, a 90s great, a, an absolutely phenomenal, I don't even, I can't even begin to think what he'd be worth in today's market, in Les Ferdinand up front. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, he was an out for QPR, there's no doubt about that, as good as that 92-93 team and the following two seasons were, were, were good, they were great because they had Les Ferdinand who's scoring the goal, so I get that. Yeah. Jerry put together the style of football was great, he got QPR to fifth in the league, which... For a team like that, above, you know, I'm going to say a top London club, above the likes of those, would have been European football if it weren't for the um, height of the band at the time. Um, followed that up with two more top 10 finishes. And, you know, it was sour that he left, keep the other way he did. Uh, but he went to Tottenham and I kind of stabilised that club. They were in a bit of a mess when mm-hmm. Jerry Francis took over, both on and off the pitch. Yeah. And 
he stable again, took a lot of the plays, you know, lieutenants, he took Wilson with him, he eventually took Sinton, eventually had Ferdinand. He knew his style of play. Yeah. Got them to an FA Cup semi-final, which I think we spoke about this last week. They probably should have won in yeah. five as well. And and he, he was a manager who, I think he improved teams without ever maybe getting them to the next level. I think Tottenham, there was scope and he never quite got there whether for a number yeah. of reasons. Um, budgets, money, players, and not the right time. But he was he was a manager that definitely, definitely, and then by the end of the decade, he came back to QPR and saved them from oblivion. So obviously that... Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, Is that I mean, right? Was like unbi- how unbiased... No, I think, I think that's... No, I think that's all fair. I think that's all very fair. Um, yeah, we yeah, we joke about the top London club thing um, a lot on this show because, well... Because I mentioned it. You mention it every week. Yeah. And, um, you know... And, uh, and actually, to finish to finish fifth in the inaugural season of the Premier League is a massive achievement, um, and shouldn't actually, out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so shouldn't 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 be shouldn't be you know underestimated. Um, I've you know obviously I've got him further down the table. Um, you know obviously you're a bit close. You obviously you're a lot closer to it. Um, I with Joey Francis, I think he he did put a very, together a very good team. You know your Andy Sintons and Trevor Trevor Sinclair's as well, and you know um, you know and all the, all the names that you've mentioned. But, and they were they were good to watch. You know it, there's there was a case of you know I seem to recall maybe I was wrong, but it just seemed to be like QPR on Monday night football all the yeah, time. Yeah, a lot of night games. Uh, and, and, yeah, and and um, it did feel like at that time that if QPR were to play one of the, the big sides they'd have a good chance of beating them. You know, it, sometimes they would and sometimes they wouldn't, but it would always be a good, it would always be a good game to watch. So I'm, I'm actually dishing out praise here, which I don't normally uh, do due to your, you know, due to your allegiance, but um, you know, and, and they were, they were a good side to watch. With Francis, he left, if I remember rightly, he left 94, yeah, 94 when, um, there was this whole Rodney Marsh thing, wasn't there, about him coming in? Thompson wanted to bring him in as director of football. Yeah, and, and Jerry wasn't. Yeah, yeah wasn't. Jerry wasn't having that. And fair enough. But also, I think there's a sliding doors moment. I think, like Frank Clark, had Jerry stayed another year mm-hmm. and lost Les Ferdinand, maybe they wouldn't have got relegated, but they would never have reached those no, heights again yeah. because you've lost. Yeah. You've lost the. the I don't think we got um, He would have spent the money better. Yeah. Than, than, on the likes of yeah. and Simon Osborne and Mike, Mark Haley that came in, but yeah. Yeah. He, funny, yeah. I've called. I've. I did a little piece for a book once. I think it's a. It's Richard Foster, Premier League Nuggets. Uh-huh. A load of like fans from each club. A, a set of questions, and one of them was, "What has been your QPR sliding door moment in yeah. life?" I mean, I I chose exactly that moment. It was. Yeah. So that's so that's why I've got him lower down alongside Frank Clark. They both had amazing centre forwards that they relied on, and as soon as well, as soon as Clark's centre forward disappeared, it all went to pot. Yeah, there's an argument to say that Jerry Francis would have gone the same way. Yeah, didn't do didn't do too bad at Tottenham, um, but then still ended up. You know, there's a lot of managers do. I mean, all managers get the sack pretty much, don't they? I mean, there's don't think there's one on this list really that hasn't probably at any point. But you know, um. You know, it didn't end too well at Tottenham, and then got replaced by the bloke who came on the tube. So he um, was always linked with the England job as well, Jerry Francis. Yeah, he was. He was, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong. He was. He was. He was decent. And also, there is there is no silverware, and there. But there is a mullet though that he still has. He still. I mean, I literally interviewed him just before Christmas, and he still has. How that. is that? 
how is that even to have the same? I mean, he's had that haircut longer than I've been alive. It's very true. And he's got good volume. It doesn't look like he's thinning. I reckon he's got a cupboard full of them. (laughs) Jerry in the wigs. There yeah, Jerry go. and the Wigs, yeah. We've got, two, we've got two more to talk about. I've got them at four and five. You've got them in their top two. So we are wow. in the same field here. Okay. Uh, so I have Joe Royal at five, Ron Atkinson at four. I, If I've done my maths right, they're your top two. They are indeed. So what way round have you gone and why, sir? Uh, so at number two, I have gone for... Big Ron Atkinson. Joe Royals taking the okay. Mm. Let's talk about Big Ron. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, S- surprise. Uh, so Ron Atkinson is at number two. Um, so Big Ron Atkinson. Uh, let's put to one side his his discretion in later career, yeah, and let's for, let's focus. Career, yeah. Let's let's focus purely on the football. Um, so he was obviously manager of you know, one of the biggest clubs in the world in the 80s uh, and ended up losing his job in, in 86. And, you know, when, when you're a manager and you've, you've reached those heights at Man United like he had winning FA Cups and stuff, you might lose your, um, well, might lose your mojo, I suppose. You might lose your yeah. enthusiasm for um, the game. Uh, you know, he was at Sheffield Wednesday. They got relegated and they weren't, they were near the bottom, but they weren't expected to get relegated. Results conspired against them and they went down. But then he didn't lose that enthusiasm. He got he got them promoted um, with a very very good side. We've talked about them on here before. In fact, we, 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 we talked about them last week. So I won't I won't eulogise about sort of David Hurst and Sheridan and the like again. Um, and also we talked about the fact that they won the League Cup as a championship <laughs> championship yeah. side. Um, and again, he left then under a. Not under he, he left under a cloud he left he left them in the lurch because he yeah. got a better offer Aston Villa were in a far better position he first season at Villa was more of a sort of consolidation try and try out really um, then he started to bring players in build a squad Gary Parker and Dean Saunders and you know eventually Andy Townsend a bit further down the line players like players like this this ilk um, should have won the Premier League not yet um, built, built. They were a good side to watch. Um, I Great think, watch. I think that's why I've got him so high. They were really good to watch. Um, there was, um, I think, for, um, memory serves, there was a great night against Inter Milan as well, which was under yeah. his, Phil under King his penalty. Phil King penalty. Yeah, whatever happened to Phil King? Um, perhaps we'll have <laughs> yeah, to, no. <laughs> we'll have to find out. Um, but yes, yeah, so I have him that high because they were so good to watch. And when yeah. we had um, to mention him again, when we had Guy Whittingham on the show. He talked about when he joined Villa and the fact that getting in the first team was ridiculous because yeah, Dean Saunders and Dalian Atkinson and then Dwight York as his competition. He wasn't a bad player. He you know, and, and again another another friend of the show, Steve Froggett, was in the team and you know, young Steve Steve Froggett. And you know, there was Ray Houghton was Ray Houghton was, you know, you'd think Ray Houghton being bombed out of Liverpool would have been a uh, maybe not as up for the challenge, but he was a really good player at Villa as well. So there was oh. Paul, oh, well, we haven't even got to the <laughs> main man. Yeah, we don't need to say I any mean, more. <laughs> we don't need to say any more. And and you know, and, and you know, the guy won PFA Player of the Year under Atkinson's watch. Um, I mean, there is. I mean, there is a. You know, we, we've heard stories before um, from various people on this show about how Atkinson was a 
a man manager and not a coach. He would he would join in the five sides, but leave the coaching to more experienced but coaches. Which is era as well, where <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I think Jim Smith might slightly fall into that category as well. So yeah, I mean, I think the thing that's always thrown at Big Ron, and it's I don't know, it's probably not unfair because he lived up to it, but he was a character, wasn't he? he oh god, yeah. Character. Oh, he he, he definitely he played up to Big it. Not get Big Ron in twenty twenty three. That just wouldn't. No, that no I mean manager that type of persona is the, the suntan the sunglasses yeah, the yeah, whole chain, the ring yeah yeah it was, yeah, it was whole... almost car dealer like wasn't it oh def oh definitely what was it he said once he said uh about the referee he said um will come to me now he says i'm, I'm not going to talk about the referee today today because i'll get in trouble but I'm, and i'm not going to make an exception for that prat or something along those lines it was sort of Sort of a quote you would say, yeah. you know, you would hear that regularly in the yeah, press. When, back, got... when he threw the headphones at Jeff Shreve, he was always. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've, I know I've got that quote wrong, but it's something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, and yeah, and he's, um, yes, yeah, so he, he was a, he was a character larger than, larger than life. Um, and then actually, towards the end of the decade, he became a bit of a relegation SOS yeah. call. Um, Sheffield Wednesday used him and he kept them up, went to Forest, didn't quite work, but. Sat in the wrong dugout. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so I've got him. Um, yeah, I've, no, I've, I've got him. At, I've got him at number. Two. I've just got him at number two because of that League Cup winning team and how good they were, yeah, and what he did at Villa. That you said really, and I think we yeah. said it last week as well with um, the two teams, mainly like the, the you know the Villa and the Sheffield Wednesday comparison. How well, mm. and I've got him in my top five, and I think that's because I think he was. He was. I think people think of his persona first, then unfortunately think about his Mister. Well, I don't even want to call it that. Yeah. What he should have been doing in the later decade, and then they think mm-hmm. about your record. Um, yeah. So, and so you've got Joe Roll top, and you know yes. what? I've just looked at it, and do you know what? Completely, I don't know why it fell out of my head when I was doing this. Was yeah. Oldham. Yeah. Now I was I was thinking of Joe Roll. You know, he won the FA Cup obviously in '95, Everton, the last trophy they won, and yeah, they won't be winning one in the state that comes in at the moment. They won't be winning mm. one for a very long time. Um, yeah. He took over Everton when they were in the state the last time. I always remember that. Was it a Merseyside derby with Duncan Ferguson? Scored? Yeah, that was his first first yeah, game. Yeah, it was like from that moment on, he was like, okay, Joe Rawls getting going, and he did so well for that club. It, yeah. At the end of the decade, he went to Man City and did, you know, arguably was played a massive part in where they are now. Yeah, it weren't for him. Who knows where City was? Yeah, I, I don't know why because I know we got an older, you got a lot of older followers on the tab. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I thought with Everton, but of course. Like, I haven't um, I haven't picked him just for the for them by the way. <laughs> the great, I know, but the great but, yeah. that Oldham had in those early Premier League years were phenomenal. Some of the greatest yeah. that we've ever seen. So yeah, so I, I mean, see why you've got him at number one now? Yeah, you've kind of done my job for me there. Thanks. Yeah, no, got, but, uh, yeah, no, it it feels. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> bit hard to back. I love Joe Royal. I don't know why. I've just he's just one of those characters in football yeah. that I just really like the guy. Um that Oldham team were incredibly underrated because they reached the 1990 League Cup final, lost yeah. narrowly to Cluffy's Forest. The next year, faced with that wonderful Sheffield Wednesday team that we've already talked about, and I think it was West Ham as well who had some decent players. Oldham won the league title on the last day of the season when they were already 2-0 down. They had to win 3-2. And I think they got a penalty in the last minute and scored. And the pit, the, the crowd literally invade the pitch as soon as the penalty hits the net. Um, and then, yeah, and then he keeps them up. Little Oldham. I mean, Oldham's, you know, it's not 
it's not a big place. I mean, it's not got it's not got the financial backing of its near neighbours like Man United and Liverpool and what have you. It's you know, it's a it's a town in the northwest of England, and he he kept them up, brought in some good players. I mean, Gunnar Haller. I mean, you know, he, he brought in. You know, I I love throwing that in because he yeah. was a really good player. Um, you know, and it it just, I mean, their their escape act in ninety two ninety three was incredible. They had to win three out of three yeah. in well, a week. Better, didn't they? Who were, yeah, to, who to stay up. Them. Yes, and the two were linked. So they beat they beat Villa away, beat Liverpool at home, and they beat Southampton at home on the last day of the season. Keep them up. Uh, fortunately, when they went, you know, they they went down. But that sort of four to five year period at the start of the 90s was very impressive. Fast forward then, of course, to when Everton have made their, I mean, Everton nearly um, got relegated under Mike Walker and then they made their worst ever start, I think, to a Premier League season, Um, you know, to the point where it was like, there is no way this football team can stay up. And Royal... Maybe the football wasn't the way he wanted to play, but created that kind of dogs of war character, didn't he? You know, that, Joe Parkinson yeah. was another name from the 90s, which you don't hear anymore. And then kept them up and then led them to Wembley via that, you know, that day at Ellen Road and won a trophy and yeah. won the FA Cup, which, you know, against a team that was going... Um, uh, no, it wasn't another double. Sorry, because Blackburn won the league. That year, but they were go. They were, you know, it was, it was, you know. But the FA Cup was what Man United had left to salvage their season, and and Everton beat them on the day. So yeah, there's that. And then, um, you know, it ended acrimoniously um, at Everton. He fell out with the board because um, he wanted to buy Tori Andre Flo. Um, so he could spot a player. I mean, Tori Andre Flo wasn't a bad player. Um, but I think, I think. Everton offered a, a low value and he wanted him to go higher. Um, but then Chelsea actually bought him for only a couple of grand about six months later because his contract was running down. So, But but Royal really wanted him. Um, then Man City. I mean, you're right. I think Joe Royal is a massive part of Manchester City's history because they were languishing in League One as it is now when he took over. They weren't challenging he he took over and they made made the playoffs. Obviously, that game against Gillingham is so so famous. Yeah. And then uh, took them up, and then obviously we're entering just into the next decade. Yeah. But took them up again. So it was like a back to back promotions. Um, I, I remember seeing a quote from him actually when he took over the City job that he didn't realise how many players, professional footballers, Man City had on their books. And he said um, he said every time he turned a turned down a different corridor at the training ground he met met a new player that he hadn't met before um i think they had honestly yeah, i think they had enzo fernandez feels today at yeah probably yeah i think they had i think they had about 37 38 players on their books and he had to really trim down the squad um so a lot of love for joe royal due to the fact that he did it at three different yeah, clubs uh, across across 10 years and there were and, pivotal, pivotal moments in the decade as well. Yeah, and he has well two trophies on the table due to the champ, you know, the league um, division two title um, championship as it is now. Oh right, yeah. Uh, yeah, he has the um, FA Cup, and he could have had a third trophy in a league cup as well. So that is the reason I have gone for Joe Royal. Yeah, 
I always when I think of Oldham as well, I think of that ninety the Mark Hughes goal was that ninety four semi. Yeah, they hate they hate that that will be yeah, I know, the Lord touch. That, they the were Lord. so close. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah, they could have made another final. Yeah. So there you go. He could have made two FA Cup finals in a row. Um, but they, yeah, they hate, they've probably all switched off now because they don't want to talk. I mean, that, I mean, talk, punches, talk, talk yeah. about a, sorry guys, you know, if you're listening, but talk about a gut-wrenching yeah. moment. Gee, because. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not, yeah, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's move on. Well, I was going to, well, what the other show that we've ripped off do, then kind of make all these rankings and put the, I can't do that. I haven't got a producer next nah. time. So that's just yeah. make Joe Royal number one because I think you've convinced me. Yeah, good. A, a period of, the decade, I think we've, we're giving points out. He's one of the most points. Yeah, just, just, just about. Yeah, just, just about. about yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you, well, you know, you made you made a very good case for how Wilkinson as well, actually. Yeah. To be fair, so um, but yeah, I, I, even though Wilkinson won the league title, oh, you yeah. just have to go Joe Royal. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think I, I think I swayed on that one. Yeah, we said about Francis. Well, we did mention Trevor Francis, another name that was um on true um mention list. Who did yeah. Yeah. One, one thing I love about doing um the whole Twitter thing, actually, with the football tavern is that <clears throat> obviously you've got your memories, but you learn from other fans. Of the, the actual club. Now, to me, Trevor Francis did a very, very good job at Sheffield Wednesday and they finished um, third, I think, in his first season. But I often see an asterisk against that in terms of um, it was Ron Atkinson's team. Yeah, true. A lot of people, a lot of people say that and, and Francis was just sort of manning the fort and then it kind of went downhill a little bit further along the line. <laughs> but he did reach two, two finals. Obviously, they lost those finals, but... Um, you know, it's a good shout. Dave Bassett was a good shout as well. Uh, yeah, to be fair. I mean, Robson, which is not one I would, you know, yeah, um, yeah, it's one of yeah. those, isn't it? You know, the, the winning the league in his first season, keeping them up, and then it all it all went a bit, um, all went a bit haywire, didn't it? I remember hearing your old mate Joel Young actually saying that, um, it was almost like they, they tried to imitate Newcastle, but Newcastle's defenders were just slightly better, yeah, which is true. why, you know, he'll always you know, have the half suit, half. Football yeah, pitch, uh, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, there was a couple of shouts from Mike Walker, but yes, th- phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal at Norwich, and he will never. True. Away. Yeah, but true. At, but at the other end of the scale, as you've already mentioned, dismal, yeah. dismal yeah. evident, and to be never seen again after that as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's probably still and Bride Little just in a nineties chasm somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But Mike Walker has just disappeared completely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just trying to let any more names. We've got but Joe, a couple more shout out. Dave Matheson said Joe Royal. James Brown um, is moaning about Alan Ball, which I, yeah, I don't think Alan Ball was get it. But yeah, Howard Wilkins, yeah. a couple of shouts. But uh, Chris Kamara and Paul Jewell Bradford, maybe. Bradford obviously had a. Possibly, yeah. I mean, yeah, Bradford's, you know, Bradford were sort of getting getting into sort of decent territory. Of course, they, they won that FA Cup game at Everton, didn't they? Um, and well, yeah, and but not, you know, they there's so many, actually. Yeah. You could, I mean, we talked about. I mean, we're just coming to an end now, but we talk about Bassett. There was one year at the start of the nineties where they had like two or three points at Christmas, and that yeah, was it. They had that famous picture of them because didn't they do that this previous season as well? And they had a Christmas yeah. party in August or something. Yeah, like because that's when they wanted to start yeah. playing. Yeah. And but yeah, and he still kept them up. So yeah. you know, they had he, a, he but, became a bit of a character as well of himself, didn't he? Harry Bassett and all. Yeah, that. of course, yeah. of course. There's there's, there's actually a, a running theme through this show now. Bassett had Brian Dean. Yeah, he did, yeah. And I think... Scorer of the first Premier League goal. Yeah, and I've, but I'll have to get my facts straight here. I think as soon as Dean went, 
I think Sheffield United started to, to fall down the leagues and got relegated. Yeah, around the same because he went to Leeds. Yeah, it was around 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 the, around the same sort of time. Um, goals when your games, Ed. Goals when your games. Absolutely, absolutely. But so if, you hear, <laughs> if you hear Dave Bassett talk ever, right, even now, he remembers everything mm. about football. Like, and, and like everything in his career, he was like, "Oh yeah, I signed this player, and it was for two hundred and twenty grand." He remembers like the values and everything. It's he, it's he almost knows, like an obsession. He knows Adrian Littlejohn's shoe size, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's another 90s uh, brilliant name. Um, so yeah, there's so many cases, but you know, I hope we've um, I hope we've yeah, done these guys. We've everybody there. We've um, gave them all a decent argument. Yeah. As well. Um, but if you haven't already, get involved on uh, the Twitter feed. Um, we'll be back soon. We're doing another my 90s that we're just putting together the final stages of scheduling and all that nonsense. So we'll get that to you hopefully next week. Um, Ed, where can people talk to you on the Twitter feed if they want to talk about Oldham or anything else? Where do they go? Uh, at Tavern Football. There all, we go. Are, all are welcome. Get the drinks in. It's not a real pub, though. Shh, Get that that's it. Don't, don't um, tell anybody that. Don't tell anybody that. Uh, and you can follow the show at AK90s if you want to get involved in all our usual 90s nonsense as well. Um, I've been Ash Rose. This has been Alive and Kicking. Until next time, keep it 90s.